there's no excuse for me not to impart into you guys. No excuse, because my schedule is clear. I'm out on vacation from school full week. Nothing to do that I normally do in ministry or any type of training. That's the weekend. Nothing for the week, but just studying, soaking, and reading. But I'm on here regarding marriage. I'm talking as a vessel being led by Holy Spirit. Listen to God, okay? If you're waiting on God to tell you yes or no, and he didn't say anything yet, because he already answered your yes or no. If you ask God, am I in the right marriage? And you don't hear no, that means his answer is yes. If you say, God, am I in the right marriage? And you don't hear no, that answer is yes. And if you do hear no, the answer is no. I can talk this because I walk this. When I ask God, he immediately, God would not have you in his will and not tell you his plan. He would not have you being deceived when you're walking in victory. If he did not tell you to get out of that marriage, if he did not say walk away, if he did not say divorce, then you're supposed to stay. See, you and I said yes when we said we do. What we say we do too, I'm glad you asked. I do to your ways. I do to if you become immature. I do to you if you get fired. I do to you if you change in your weights. If you change the way you think. If you change the way you speak to me. I do to how you feel. I do to if you feel immature sometimes. I do to your childlike ways. I do to your tantrums. I do to you not want to bathe as much. I do to you not want to touch me as much. I do even if you cheat. I do even if you lie. I do even if you steal. I do even if you cry. I do even if you don't want to cook. I do if you just do things that hurt my nerves. I do. You said I do before God. You never said you don't. You never said I do until. You never said I do when it's comfortable for me to do. No, you said I do better or for worse. You said I do to forever. You said I do to life being spent with you. You said I do to our growth or whatever we need to grow and do. I do to not walking away from you. I do to not gossiping about you. I do to not belittling you. I do to not tell people about our business. I do. And many marriages break up that God has set up to prosper because we put too many people in between our covenant that they should not have a mouth to even speak words that they are not graced to speak regarding your covenant. That's why women in the old times, like our grandmothers, they would go through a lot at home. You wouldn't know. Got smacked down the steps. You didn't know. Husband taking her body. She's tired. You didn't know. Drinking at night. They're fighting over the children. You wouldn't know. She don't know where her husband is, but you wouldn't know. 
Cause she still raised her six to seven kids. Still taking them to church, doing their hair. Boys wearing the suits, girls wearing the skirts. And we're on our way to church. She's still cooking and cleaning. She's still praying, fasting, sewing, and believing. She did not call her girlfriends, nor her boyfriends, her homeboys, or his homeboys, or his homegirls. I'm speaking from women and men point of view. And say, what's going on in my marriage? For you to say, or me to say, what they need to do? If we talk about our spouses to any other individual other than them, that is cheating. We cheat without physically cheating. We cheat with our thoughts. We commit adultery with our ways by killing. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not offend. When I married you, you were working. You said for better. You said yes. Everything comes with your yes. So if your marriage is failing, you have to make it better. Get people out of it. Because you can't allow someone to try to tell you what you should do regarding it. Because they're not grace as you are grace to cause it to, pr- to prosper. Excuse me. Regarding it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I slow it down. Hallelujah. We have to stop trying to find ways just to walk away when God says stay. Do you know there's no more him or her, which is him or you or you and her? To God, it's just Y-O-U for both of you. Two individuals as one. And God illustrates that in his word. He called them both Adam. According to Genesis 5, verse 2, he called them both Adam. Hallelujah. And that's why when he said, Adam, where are you? They both ran and hid because they both name was Adam. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? So guess what? You two have the same name. And you know how the world have it set up? That we both share the same last name. Why is that? Because the way how the names have changed. You don't want to be called William or you don't want to be called Sarah. The surname for William is Charles. The surname for Sarah is I don't know. And I just found that out because... My father, his name is Charles. And the surname I thought was Willie, but it's William. And that's why they call him Willie for William. Now imagine him and my mother both being named Charles. (laughs) Does that sound right? See, throughout the time, someone must have thought, okay, can we keep our first names? Because Eve was the first female name. Because her name was Adam as well. He named her Eve. It's amazing how the man named the woman. He given her her first name. She didn't name herself. So somewhere down the line, women began to choose their own names. 
by choosing the name of your child. And it started with Eve. You know what's so amazing? Is that God see you two as one. Whatever your last name is, that's who you are known as. If your last name is, I'm going to use my hood, you're the hoods. God would say, hood, where are you? We're here. Jacobs, where are you? Here. Matthews, where are you? Here. He's not going to say Quenisha or Dwight. He's not going to say you or your mate. He's going to call you by the same name. Because to him, you're the same. How can you be different as one? It's the same. So what your spouse is doing, you are. And what you're doing without your spouse, you are. He is. You and I cannot be in ministry unto God if we are not ministering our marriage. Because how can we stay married to the bridegroom if we're not connected to our bride or our groom? Christ doesn't divorce us. Now, if you're not in the will of God, God would tell you you're not. So you already know what comes with that. But God will also not say stay. He's just not going to say don't leave. He's not going to answer if you're asking to leave if the answer is yes. Him not answering, that is him answering. You better hear me. If it's no, he's going to say it loud and clear. No, that's not your wife. No, that's not your husband. If you're still waiting, because he already answered. See, many of us have people to help us feel good about a decision that we wanted to make because we got turned off. You don't bathe, it turns me off. Your underclothes are on the bathroom floor. I keep saying, get them up. You don't wash the tub. When you finish taking a shower, it's disgusting. You're shaving hair everywhere. Even women, you and your feminine products all over the place. I know you're on your cycle, but you need to leave everything around. Do I have to smell your sanitation? Do I have to see your dingy underwear? These things that happen in real life. Do you have to leave dishes in the sink all the time? I just washed dishes. You saw me washing. Why are you going to give me a bowl and I asked, bring all the dishes from the living room. Now you bring me a bowl and I'm thinking I'm done. I don't let the dishwater out the sink now. Did you eat the last piece of cake? I told you don't eat that last piece. Where were you all night? Why didn't you call? Do I have to call? I'm grown. So what? You're not of your own. I don't talk to me. I don't talk to me. Blah, 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 blah. 
who drives appropriately upset. When you're upset, you're going to speed because you're going to drive according to your anger. That's how many crash. I almost did. I got in my Lincoln, my, excuse me, my Lincoln, my Lincoln Continental. I got pissed off. I backed my car out. I turned the wheel and I went out to go to the liquor store. And I thank God I did not hit that gate because I turned that corner so fast. I was like, Stir! and I heard my wheels like, Stir! I was burning rubber. I was that pissed. My neighbor was like, dang, she's driving gangster. They don't even know. I just argued to the point I really wanted to fight. Because I'm not a violent person. But some people just don't know what to say out their mouths and it could be so harsh. Some people take your kindness for weakness. And I thank God I don't put, you understand, who I am in the hands of someone who don't know me. And that means I'm not scorned. I don't meet people and connect with people and because I had bad encounters with people all around the world that I don't want to give people a chance anymore. I give chances over and over because I don't put what they done on you. So we cannot go into marriage that way. Do you know what it's like to be married to the right mate on earth as you are in heaven? Do you know how many people go home and find out their spouses once they're home? Do you know how many weddings are in heaven? Because God's word should not return to him void. What you and I don't do here, we do there. But let me tell you how much that would ache. Because it would never be the same as it is here, even though it's done like that in the kingdom. Because we're not in the kingdom as a three-part being. So every physical form of me, a physical form of you, side of you, I won't encounter that in the kingdom because we're not taking the flesh with us. So why not receive all that God has here as it is in heaven? Now we have spiritual senses that supersede the physical, but while we in this physical world, enjoy that and that's the supernatural. Why wait to go home and didn't fulfill why wait to go home and hear who your spouse is when people are right here in our face every day that we can embrace and enjoy life with? So when you say I do, you're not saying I do until. See, in the earth it says until death do its part. You're not death. You're not going to die. You are an eternal being. You do forever. Do you know that you are not doing anything unto the Lord until you get your marriage straight first? Because anything you do outside the home is not effective until you do what's in the home. Do you know that? Do you know many of us drive people away because we don't want to be with them? So we know what buttons to push just to keep them away from us? If I argue, you're going to get mad, storm out, good. I don't want you here anyway. Get out my bed because you're not turned on anymore because whatever they do, you can't stand. But you said you do. 
So that is marriage. Never to quit. Never to quit. That shows that God will marry you because your preparation is what you do with it. That's just like your time to study for the midterm is what you do with it. But that wedding day is going to come. And how your marriage be is how you prepare to receive. You start out with an A. You two work on keeping that A. It's up to you. Can nobody give you an A? Can nobody take an A for you? Can nobody walk your ministry for you? Only you can do. And the best thing to do is keep people out of it. Because don't be a person that you want to hear somebody else's mess, but don't want to talk about your message. That God gives you and I daily about us. Some of us just have to tell our business. No, we don't. And some of us want to beat people to the punch so they won't find out in a different way. That means you're a people pleaser. Let me go ahead and tell everybody I'm fired so when they find out, it won't look so bad. You don't have to do that. My promotion came from me being fired because the person who fired me just got to the job. A form of management. She didn't like me being, you know, Christ-like. She hated it. She hated that I didn't gossip. She hated that everyone was being loving. People was being safe on the job. She hated it. And I had to repent because she fell down the steps. And when someone told me she wasn't coming to work because she fell down the steps, I said, see, want to mess with me? That's why when you mess with somebody that's a child of God, you fall down the steps. And I was pretty much saying, that's what you get. She was so mean to me for no reason. The more I work out, the more she eats. It's like I was the person that she always wanted to be. And I was a person that always lift her up because she's so beautiful inside out. Why you want to look like me? And why you tear me down? Because you want to. It's that I was free. She was bound. I was thin. She was big. Let me tell you something. Please get over the complexion. Please get over it. It's just a color of skin. I done seen some people that was light-skinned and so arrogant. I done seen some dark-skinned, beautiful folk that's so beautiful inside, outside. A beautiful dog. Chocolate beauty. Light beauty, pale beauty, orange beauty. It doesn't matter. You're beautiful. I used to hate being light because some people during my time as a child thought I was better or I thought I thought I was. Until they got to know me. You're not stuck up. You're really cool. Whoever said that? Be proud. Of the skin 
you're in. I'm telling you. Because picture yourself being a different complexion. You wouldn't even look right. <laughs> you understand? That complexion many trying to be, you won't even look right that color. That's why God doesn't make no mistakes. You are the exact color he want you to be. Has nothing to do with genetics. Because my son darker than me and his father. And when his skin began to change, I was like, hold on. This is not my kid. This is not. They had to keep telling me, this is your son. No, it's not. I just left a red baby. This baby is brown. A light. He was very light brown, but he still wasn't red. When he was born, he was lighter than me. Where's my child? This is him. Nuh-uh. It's not my baby, yo. Somebody, y'all done stole my baby. I, they, for real, they thought I was tripping, but they understood. They said, always look at the ears. If, they, if it looks dark, then the face, it means they're going to get a little darker. My son's father has African in his blood. His, my son's grandmother and them, they are very dark. So my, my son took after them. You understand? And sometimes it doesn't matter what complexion or what's in the blood. There are families that's all dark with red children. Red families with dark children. It's what God wants for each child. Hallelujah. Because when I was born, I thought I was in the wrong family. And many thought I was. Your hair is gold. You have freckles. My son has freckles, even though his face is dark brown. I can see his. It's like the older I get, the more freckles I get. I'm like, oh, God. You understand? And they're beautiful. They're not dark, dark. But you can tell. And... I realized I didn't look like many in my family. In the picture, I stand out. My sister would say, you adopted. She would tease me and I would, you know, cry. I thought I belonged to a white family. I'll never forget this commercial that said for whites only. It was like in what, 89? It said for whites only. It was a beach. And I was like, yes, I get to go to this beach. They was like, you're not white. I'm not black. I don't look like you all. I don't belong here. I belong with them. I really thought that I was not of my culture. Because I didn't see no one of my culture that looked like me. Because if we don't go out and to explore or show different cultures and show different ethnic groups and show how we are all uniquely made. I didn't see that. I just saw the bunch that was in front of me. I don't look like none of y'all. I'm not dark. My hair is not like that. It's not that color. Nothing is the same. Your moles are black. Mine's are red. No. Then I start seeing family members down the line. Whoa, I look like you. Now we do have Caucasian in my family. 
just like every single one of us, <laughs> has a lot of things in our blood. But the point of this episode is if God never told you to get out of your marriage because he's not going to. He's not going to have you to wait to, to hear him say no. He's not going to have you deceive and he wait for you to receive correction to be relieved by walking in the truth. You don't know how bound you are to you what? Free. And the truth should set you what? Free. He's not going to keep his truth from you. Many of us have fell out of love without me. I didn't know you smell like that. I didn't know you look like that. I didn't know you act like that. That's one thing I'm telling you guys. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. That's one of the reasons why I eliminated a lot of artificial stuff. Now, I know men don't care. I mean, do your thing. Whatever enhance, you're already beautiful. But that's why I, I couldn't do everything artificial. I couldn't have fake nails. You know, everything just fake, you know. It's like, who are you? Now, I'm going to keep my lashes. Don't play with my lashes. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you see my natural lashes, you'd be like, you know what? For real, I'm just that person because that's what I like. I'm about to cut my hair. But I'm going to tell you something. Many who see my hair, nice to wear weaves, so much uh, braids all the time, tracks all the time. They'd be like, that's your hair. Why you wear weaves? I like it. I like what I like. You cannot take me for my weave. <laughs> but I do not have it lying around. What man wants to see hair lying around the place? In the bathroom, in the bedroom, on anywhere. So God taught me how to do these things for me. So when I come alongside with this man, it's not rehearsed. It's a change that I make for me. See, if I make a change for you, then I'm not doing it for me. If I lose this little beautiful gut for you, what does that say about me? For me. I have to love me before I love you. And you have to love me and accept me for me. Like I accept you. So I realized there are a lot of things that people use to enhance. You don't know. So when you marry, I notice a lot of people see things that are artificial. Those natural dreams. Oh, wow. Okay, that's cool. That's not your headline. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, you have a five head? It's like, no. <laughs> you have an eight head? Your headline way back then? Wow. You understand? Oh, you got implants? Oh, okay, okay. Okay, that's cool. Oh, you get butt injections? Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm not against any of that. But if I was a man, I'm just speaking. I don't want to feel nothing that I know that's not... I would think about what it is when I'm touching it. If that's silicone in your chest, I'm going to think about this is what that is. Ooh, 
feeling your butt and knowing that silicone. Oh my God, this is what this is. Jelly. This 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 not the, the jiggle jiggle that's supposed to be the wiggle wiggle. This not the real wiggle wiggle. This the, the gelatin. Oh, wow. And many women get them taken out. What is very dangerous, guys. It is so dangerous. Many people gelatin burst because they bouncing on it all the time. And they keep injecting to keep it jelly formed. And many want to look the same look. A small waist and a large bottom. I'm telling you, if you don't want to work out and be how your body is formed to be by working out or whatever you want to do, then guess what? If you want to get the surgeries, I'm not against that. I can't tell you what to do. I'm just saying if I was a man, I would feel like that. Why are these not your lips? Is this silicone in your lips? Wow. 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 Is that your real eyes? That silicone in your eyes? Or oh, you can get silicone in your eyes and get your eyes to be a different color. The first color it can be is gray. Light gray. You understand? They slit your pupil. They put you to sleep and slit your pupil and fill it in with silicone. But it's a chance you can go blind. If you don't take care of the procedure, you know, and what happens after the fact. Carefully. Anything that we do, we don't take care of. You can have a baby, a sincere section. If you don't take care of that womb, any womb, treat it improperly, it can go very wrong, very fast. But I eliminated me having a lot of artificial stuff. Because it's like... Where are you in there? That's why a lot of things look natural. And guess what? If you like your weave and stuff, do your thing. Because I like mine. But I've realized a lot of men has things enhanced too. That's not your beard? Wow, that's a sticker? Oh, wow, okay. You just took it off just like that. Wow. You don't even grow? Okay. Okay. Oh, that's not how your body is structured? You have on a bodysuit? Oh, wow, it just fell down like that. Wow. Sherman, Sherman, Sherman. Jeez. Uh, you understand? So, it's like, okay, what are we talking about when we're getting to know each other? See, we're so busy wanting to look good together, but looking good is knowing each other on the same page. You stay on the same page and remain there. You understand? Some men say, wow. That's the look. The rollers with the scarf on your head? Okay. The face cream on your face? Okay. I think that's amazing. But it's also funny. Because when you are married and you see each other like that, it's like, you know that day going to happen for you when you see each other, you know, how you are at home walking around? Because as you see each other, it's how you, you know, the outer appearance, how you present yourself when you're going outside your home. But when it's time to lie down and wind down, oh, okay. So it's like, what are you thinking now? This is your first time encountering this as a newlywed. What are you thinking 
certain things some people just don't do. Like passing gas in people's face like that. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, God. Things that you do around your sister or brother, because that's your family. You're used to it. Y'all just passing gas at home, burping and belching loud at home. You're not going to do that in a relationship as soon as you start in one. Unless you, I mean, come on. Unless you're just that person that just trying to hurry up and get it over with before the day comes. <laughs> Certain things I just wouldn't do. But let me tell you this. I'm going to testify. I almost died. The guy that I falsely married before I married him, I had gas and I would not let it out. I tried to hold it to run off in the room. Oh God, it would go back up. It was too late. So that gas would build up in me. He would like, just pass gas. I'm not doing that in front of you. Won't you just leave for a second? Stop giving, how about you stop giving me gassy foods? <laughs> how about I just don't eat around you? <laughs> Do you understand? That's what happened. I was in the hospital. And I could have had a terrible lawsuit. And I may on their behalf, terrible on their behalf. Because... What my symptoms were, they giving me somebody else's prescription that causes my symptoms to become more severe. Like I had gas. So I needed pills to cause me to relieve gas, to have me to use the bathroom. The person that was next to me in the hospital room, she had the runs. So they was trying to stop her, her runs. So I needed to use it. She had to stop it or slow it down. They gave me her pills. So I couldn't use the bathroom, period, while I'm still gassy. So that's making it worse. I can't use the bathroom. And the gas is building. And gas travel, it can cause your heart to explode. And I had to go. This man took me to the emergency room. They said, you have all that inside. It has to come out. Where's your prescription? You just left here. I showed them. It had my name on it. But they looked it up in the system. No, this was for somebody else. Ooh, we'll be right back. They were scared. God said, don't sue. Show mercy. Okay, just get the help that you need. And all that to say, because I held my gas in and it almost killed me because the doctor gave me an x-ray and they seen all of that all around my chest area. The gas was traveling all over my body. You understand? So whenever you get a prescription, which I pray you don't have to, check the label. Because the bag had my name on it. 
but the, the prescription didn't. That was on the bottle. It had this elder lady name on it. And she had mines. So I don't even know what her condition was. She wanted to stop using the bathroom. And they gave her things to go. And she already had to run. So she went more. So she probably had major dehydration. The fluid kept coming out. And she couldn't control it. And they gave her something to make it come more. And gave me something to have me to stop. They gave us the wrong pills. So, all of this to say, we are not in ministry with anybody else until we deal with our marriage ourselves. We have to find where we left off and build from there. We can't blame the other party. I know sometimes it hurts. We feel so much pain. I didn't know you were going to do me like this. I didn't know you were going to have me just work myself to death. I didn't know that I was going to clean up after you. I didn't know you were that broken. I didn't know that you always have a pity party. I didn't know you had a temper, an attitude problem. I didn't know you'd be slamming things down. I noticed many of us don't really feel that our spouse even is attracted to us. Many of us don't feel it. We don't feel it. Am I still sexy to you? Do I still turn you on? Let me tell you why it gets to that point. Because we cannot be honest with each other. Your spouse is your best friend. I feel like if I'm getting thick and I want you to tell me, because you know I don't want to get thick, and I don't see I'm getting thick, my clothes not telling me, the way that you can tell me is if I ask you and you don't say anything. <laughs> you don't have to say it. I get it. <laughs> I pray for a covenant where I'm just that close that you can tell me and not think I'm going to take it like that. Because I'm not. If you're going to be my help, help me. Because I don't want to gain all extra weight and then I start feeling insecure about you seeing my extra weight. And I don't want to have the attitude, I don't care. Take me how I am. And I don't really accept how I look. So how, how do I expect you to accept? Hallelujah. I learned how to love me and take care of me. Those fancy clothes don't have nothing to do with how I feel inside. That's just, and you know, the evidence of how I feel. Because those clothes I wear does not define me. I just noticed I have to spend more time loving on me. Like I used to. Even when it comes to lotioning your body. Taking care of you. You love you. Your spouse going to know that you love you. And that builds their confidence about knowing that how, you know, how much you know your worth. How can you expect someone to show you your worth if you don't even feel and know your worth? Many of us 
Many of us are just still hurt. But the wrong thing to do is walk away. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Because I notice just this month alone, I've been giving out a lot of advice that Holy Spirit is really correcting. I cannot tell you to leave. It doesn't matter. If, if your life is not in danger, I can't tell you to leave. Not saying I told anybody. I'm just saying advice that we give, we have to really listen to Holy Spirit. I can't say take off work everybody else is. No, I have to say do your work unto the Lord. See, I cannot speak from my emotion. That's my flesh. That's not going to help you. That's going to cause trouble because you're doing tick for tack. Now they're going to try to get you back. Now y'all going back and forth on the job. I can't create chaos for you. Many of us think that we are in ministry and we're not. We can't leave our spouses. I almost walked away from my purpose. And God reminded me, you walk away from him, you walk away from me. I've written him down. Every time I've written your help down in my book, it's Dwight's name. It's a lifetime book, which is everlasting of you and the white. You can't quit me. If you think you can walk away from him and serve me, you're wrong. More. <laughs> Marriage is being a good steward. I'm not on here to try to seem like I know all the answers. To be honest, I don't know any answer. I just know that God is the way to my success. I know Holy Spirit. I know Christ helps me every step of the way when I'm open and available to remain Humble, meek, kind. Even if you make mistakes that can hurt my feelings. I have to really know and continue to have myself fully persuaded. You would never hurt me. And every time I have been hurt or you have been hurt, we push past and we're making better decisions. I'm not going to do what I know hurt you. I'm not going to say things that hurt your feeling. God showed me a vision of just a candlelight in the bathroom in this bubble bath. With just you and your mate. 
You're lying in front of your mate in the tub. You're lying your head on the side of his shoulder and you're both looking up, feeling so relieved that you're still on the same page. And you're congratulating each other for continuing to go. You have to celebrate each other every breath that you breathe. Every day has to be an anniversary. Now I get every year. I get it. It's an earthly landmark. It's an earthly day to mark. But every day you push past an argument, celebrate each other. We doing it. Right. Let's keep on doing it. Okay. And the reason why God giving me a bathtub scene, because that's when you are relaxed in that tub, in that nice, warm, you know, bath water, whether it's bubbles or not, petals or not, it doesn't matter. You look up and you congratulate each other like we're still doing it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of us. Just to keep letting Satan know you always win. It shows that what we got married for. Because we don't get married to quit. Many people, majority of us are unhappy. Who've been married longer than 15 years. Glad and glad to talk about how many years. But how many good years? Guess what your answer is? Every year that you stay together. But you have to stay together in your mind. Stay together in your heart. In your soul. In your spirit. Stay together in your cleaning. Your serving. Your your hygiene. No one should have to remind anybody how to not smell. Why the socks all over the floor? Why does the room smell like feet? And for many of us, it's women. <laughs> Jesus. Things that should be discussed before. Because I'm going to tell you, I cleaned up a bathroom in this place that's considered to be mega. There were over 52 toilets on one side. And when I went to the men's, I was like, oh, I'm proud of you men. Yes, it doesn't smell like urine. Yes. Went to the ladies. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is gross. How can you not see this? How can you get up and walk? When you get off the toilet, you look back and see. How can you just leave it like that? Even us as women, when we have a cycle, to me, that's already not wanted. But it's needed for, you understand, conception to take place. But it don't have to be. God can do anything, but that's the purpose of it. 
Due to my research, no cycle, no pregnancy. But God can do anything. Stay with me. I'm just talking about reproduction. But what I'm saying is, that's already something that we don't really like. A lot of cleaning, a lot of disinfecting, a lot of spray, a lot of all of that. We don't need nothing lingering around. See, God taught me all of this. And my mom, I thank God for having a mom and a dad, but I learned everything from God. See, as a Jew, we had to be separated when a woman had her cycle. So everybody know when it's your time because you can't go to church. You can't touch anybody. You are considered to be, you know, unclean. So I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't tell anybody for four years. I hid that. I was 10. I didn't say anything till I was 14. Because they were starting to get worried about me. Like, hold on. Not yet. I had cousins talking about, ooh, I passed you. I passed you. I'm 12. I'm 13. I got my cycle. I'm like, sit down. I was 10. Shut up. <laughs> I've been doing, I'm a, I'm new. I mean, hold on. I'm, you're, you're new to this. I'm true to this. You get what I'm saying? I've been handling that thing by myself. And that was not easy. Every month, got to hide that. They was like, what did you use? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> you understand? I just thank God. I'm going to say it like this. I just thank God for my pastor's their testimony. Thank God. He's the God of toilet paper. I'm trying to tell you. Jesus. I went through rows, rows, endless rows. Because if I say I need, you know, pads, uh-oh, that's her time. She's unclean, everyone. She's not in church because she's unclean. Don't touch her. Don't sit in the chair. Don't lay in the bed. Any clothes that she wears, you cannot touch or you're unclean. Who wants that? Who wants that? Everybody know when it's your time? You don't even want it to be no time. You understand? So I was like, uh-uh. I'm about to hide this. <laughs> when that time came, I was like, no, 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 no. Guess what I was doing? I was watching Barney. Being a kid. I saw what happened to my sister. She got taken for ice cream. Oh, you're such a young lady. And my mom called everybody. She, guess what? She's a, she, she's growing. She got it. Hey, my sister, yes, I got it. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are weird. <laughs> I'm not telling anybody. <sighs> You're not going to call everybody. You're definitely not going to tell my dad. No. Get out of here. When they start getting worried, that's when I said something. And the point I'm making is God taught me how to keep things clean. Everybody doesn't have to know. That that's your situation. Leaving things around, uncovered, unwrapped, clearly seen, not disaffecting, clearly smelling. That is not appropriate smell. I had a guy who I preached to who said to me, that's why, oh God, Jesus. Oh God. 
oh God. He said, that's why I date men. I said, oh my God. Dang, is it smell that bad? <laughs> Jesus. That was my reaction. That's what he said. That's why I date men because I grew up in a home full of sisters and that smell. Oh, I was like, oh my God. Well, I didn't want to say, well, those were just your sisters. You understand? But I didn't I wasn't going to say that. Come on now. But he thinks that every woman smells like that because he grew around a lot of them in the home they all did. And I was like, oh, but um, I don't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Those was your folks. You know that? That's your folks. That's your bathroom. You understand? Because God taught me how to always disinfect. Clean up very good behind yourself. The only way a man I marry would know is if he can't touch me in the way he normally do because of that time. Any other reason, you wouldn't even know. That's how much God made me to, you know, dispose and clean up. They got so many things now for that. Take that stuff and put it outside in the garbage. Have it in a little bag and put it in another bag. Don't leave it in that trash can in the bathroom like that. That needs to be outside. Don't just walk out the bathroom and don't disinfect and don't spray. Don't leave anything in the toilet, ladies and men, after you use the bathroom. No one want to see what you ate came out. I'm telling you guys, we have to really, really miss the Holy Spirit. God said, this is getting good. Let's let this roll over. Okay, God. God said, this is getting juicy. Oh, God's so funny. Because he know he helped me. I cleaned up so well from 10 all the way to 14. No one ever knew. Disinfected, sprayed, cleaned. Because I'm big on smells. If I don't like the smell, I don't. I know you wouldn't want to smell anything. Doesn't matter, gas, whatever. I cannot be that comfortable that I start dishonoring you by not caring when I did care at first. No one passes gas with all that at the altar. Loudly for their make Jesus. Right, that's enough. Father, come on with this. <laughs> don't use my mouth like that. Please don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me with this word. <laughs> come on now. Talk about gas at the altar. Come on, Father. Please, God. This stuff took a whole time. That's how you know it's Holy Spirit. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit said you used to blame the alcohol. And now you're blaming me. I love it because that means that you're with me. You're putting the attention on me. See how Holy Spirit thinks? <laughs> when we use the word blame, I was feeling my leg. Hold up. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> you know, we get older and you know what? We look great. Take care of yourself. So you and I wouldn't feel like you know, 
insecure about anything while we're married. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I love you guys so much. I noticed this. There are people who are born with just silver hair or come out with silver hair at a young age. But it's not always the case that it's genetically done or people use the word wisdom, but the word never said wisdom come by a color, a strain of hair. In the word, God illustrates our hair by saying he knows the number of hairs we have on our head. No matter gray or black. Holy Spirit never written in the word as our comforter that to be gray, it means to be wise. But some people just have it at a young age, which is unique because it's not always done. And I noticed I had my first piece of gray hair when I was seven years old. And I realized that may have not been what I thought. And people were saying to me, oh, you're wise. No, I may have really been stressed out as a little girl. And there goes a gray strand at seven years old, eight years old, six years old. Doesn't matter. Stress is stress no matter how old. And so much was happening. I grew up so scared. From the scary movies to the gunshots. People, I was sitting there at five years old getting my hair pressed. And I saw this body fall to the ground. This lady was pushed off the 12th floor in the hot rise. They argued over drugs, and this lady just left our apartment to buy a cigarette and ended up falling from her balcony. And all I seen was her falling, hit the ground. Everybody ran outside. And I never told my mom, that traumatized me. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to close my eyes. I'm scared. I just watched someone fall from the balcony on the ground in front of me. I went to the playground to go play. Holy Spirit had me to see. That's a piece of brain on the ground. It was still moist. That made that person's brain was just shot out their head. And they cleaned up the scene and forgot that piece of brain. So somebody got shot at the playground. That kids play on. Seeing syringes outside. Knowing what drugs is as a kid. And and elementary, we had to do a skit, a play, or a rap about anything that you want to talk about as a kid. And I did alcohol because I saw how alcohol changed a lot of people. They would fight. They would become different. So I had a rock called Leave the Liquor Alone. I was in fifth grade. I'm going to tell you how it goes. <laughs> Don't laugh. 
I was like, leave the liquor alone. <laughs> leave the liquor alone. <laughs> I was like, leave the liquor alone. Because if you don't, you just might end up in the zone, a zone that you don't want to be in. So you better listen up and pay attention. <laughs> yeah. They was like, okay. Hey. Oh, you can rock. I meant that rock. Leave the liquor alone. Now imagine that. My teacher and I'm like, oh, wow, leave the liquor. Out of all things to talk about, she said, leave the liquor. Oh, God. <sighs> Imagine they was drinking. Wow. She make me, you know, second question, whether I want to drink or not. Because I felt it. I was like, leave the liquor alone. Leave the liquor alone. <laughs> leave the liquor alone. Because if you don't, you just might end up in the zone. As long as you don't want to be in. So you better listen up and pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. I'll never forget that in fifth grade. Mm-mm. <laughs> I was very popular. Very. But all this to say, guys, you have to have your spouse back. Have your spouse back. And I may at the altar say I do back. Some traditions God say he keeps. And God showed me a white wedding cake. I'm like, why, why, God? No one really does that anymore. God said, that's a tradition. That's a tradition that I release in the earth. And then God showed me different layers. No one have a layer cake anymore. God said, Quenisha, the layers mean realm upon realm. Okay, God. Then he showed me uh, the centerpiece at the top piece, the bride and the groom. Who has that on the cake anymore? People doing pictures now. God says, it's a trophy. It's a masterpiece. He even showed me the flower girl's basket. It's a purpose to the basket where the petals are in. All these things that take place, there's a purpose for the ceremony. It's not just lighting candles and all of that. I was like, wow. I said, Excuse that. I was like, wow, God, we doing it like that. That's how God would say things to you. You're thinking about something else. God show you a wedding cake. And guess what? All white cake. No color. I'm like, no color? Just all white cake? Maybe he just showing white first. I don't know. But he's all white cake. It's a reason for the all white cake. I don't know. I just saw people do it back in the day. That's a re- that's a purpose to that cake. I don't know. But he said that to me. All white layer cake. I'm like, who still does that? God said, I do. You have to really know that you're responsible for the disappearance of your mate. If you're not touching, you're responsible. They're responsible. If you're not hugging, you're not loving, you're not talking, guess what? Guess what? You're responsible. And God's going to hold you responsible. Hallelujah. He's going to hold you responsible. He's going to hold you responsible. 
I have to really check on somebody very quickly, guys. I'm I'm sitting here ministering to someone real quickly, please. to minister to someone yes God sent someone to ask for my number to connect and God knows who to send to you you know what's so amazing her boyfriend he doesn't know that he's created to dance when they were being baptized God had someone who was facilitating a baptism to tell me to stand near them at the baptism pool and take pictures of them going in and out of the water and give them a word when they get in the back and give them the certificates. I had no idea I was waking up to do that that day in church. To be asked to even do that. I'm like, wow. The facilitator said, I was told by Holy Spirit, have you right here beside me this entire time, Quinesha. Because you are a seer in the spiritual realm. And she connected with me. One of the women. And guess what? Her boyfriend, God showed me in a dream how he came out that back room dancing and he was dancing in the air, twirling around, not even on the floor. And I asked him in church, I said, do you dance? He was like, uh-uh, I don't do that. I don't dance. Like I, can't, like, I got two left feet. I was like, well, I had a dream you dance. He looking like, you better dream on. Hope you don't think, hope you don't think I'm going to be up there twirling around. And guess what? I see him twirling around. And he's like 6'4". <laughs> yeah. Like 250 twirling around for Jesus. My God. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for them. What a great start to both be baptized as a couple. You know, I think it's amazing. And God just told me that I use you to message her right now because right where she is, I want her to know I'm still right there. Hallelujah. I'm everywhere. Hallelujah. Someone went out clubbing one night and was running late for something they're supposed to do in ministry. And God said, Quinesha, call them. I don't have their number. Yes, you do. Look at the dashboard. Okay, got it. I messaged. God said, just, you know, get in contact. I messaged and I said, hey, 
log on. And I could tell that person felt so hungover. I don't feel like it today. No, log on. You got to push. We got this. That person wound up coming late, but they logged on. And they had a lot to say the entire time. Because they encountered Holy Spirit in such a way. And they were so relieved. Thank you. Thank you, sis, for that. Thank you. That's what I need. Someone that's going to help me. Do you know many people sometimes put themselves in situations just to see if we're going to reach out? Let me not do this when they know I'm supposed to and see if anybody going to call me. People really think like that. Let me see if anybody going to call me. If they really real about their love for me. Because if I have a function, which I will have, for every nation, everybody that's in the back, I'm going to acknowledge first, just because they in the back. If I walked in your room and you had your family there and I know your family and there are some I never met, I'm be excited to meet those that I haven't met first to acknowledge them who I never met yet. That's honor. Honor is not only honoring those who I know. Because it's going to have those who I don't know to feel dishonored. Like, I'm not important. Okay, because you don't know me. Okay, got it. So, I must not be one of the important people. I must not mean that much to you. Okay, got it. Nah, don't get that. So, all this is coming out of ministry. See, it's easy said than done. But when you get past the first hump, you can get past every other hump in your marriage. The first hump is to stay on the same page. No matter how the obstacle came your way, you know your first argument as a married couple, you know your first disagreement, your first fight or whatever it was, you knew that you had to stay on the same page. It don't matter if you was arguing, fussing on a couch, whatever, you're still together because you got through that first hump. And when you get through that first argument, that means that you are willing to go through everything that it takes. If you're quitting from the first argument, you're not as strong. I'm not as strong as we think we are. Many of us think we're ready and we're really not. Until you could get over that hump, I noticed before God married people and connect them together, you have to get over that first hump. And that first hump is to push past and continue to proceed. Because you may say, you know what? I'm done. I said that. I said, no. No, God. I don't care about no ring. I don't want... And I was mad. I was mad. My feelings were hurt. I felt betrayed. The devil was trying to tell me that that was tick for tack, trying to get me back, trying to take vengeance, led me, led me to a well where no water is. That was all a lie. It was just a mistake that would never happen again. Not about people enjoying themselves. It's about not putting yourself in situations that can dishonor me. Neither would I do with you. Now, until the honor is present, just be mindful what you do. You can still be around whoever. Just be led by Holy Spirit if it's not kingdom related. If it's just socialization, then make sure you be led by the Spirit. 
Because we're not talking much about Christ if we're coming together to have fun. If it's not a spiritual encounter, we're not really soaking much. We're not really praying. We're not really hearing as we ought to hear if we're just sitting there doing other things. Now, I'm not saying that you cannot hear, but it's a different environment if you're coming together for ministry purposes and other times that we're not. If I'm going on a roller coaster, I'm not going to preach going down. How do I send somebody going down? Do you know Christ? Enjoy your ride. <laughs> For real. So when it comes to the ministry side of it, you have to know where you are in your preparation. And I see where I am. Manifestation. How manifestation looks right now. This is my manifestation. I passed my first test, quote unquote, first opportunity to see it through. You understand? And you want to know how I pass? Is that I'm still here preparing. I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I didn't say, you know what? I'm done. You should have known better. I should have known better. None of that. It hurt it. I felt whatever I felt. For whatever reason I felt. But I'm going to tell you like this when it comes to a marriage. Don't allow no one to be the voice in your ministry but God. When you feel like you put your all in something, you feel like you're naked and unashamed for someone. And then it looks as if they just, you understand, exposed your nakedness. And some people would see How far can they go with you by doing what they know they wouldn't want done to them? If someone doesn't agree with God's will for you and we're going together doing other things, you don't even agree with God's plan for my life. So you're saying that I'm not hearing pretty much. But you know what I'm preparing for. You see it. You hear it. You know it. So you have me to do things outside of honor to the person you don't really value. And I'm agreeing by coming alongside doing what I'm asked to do. So where does that leave the person that I'm preparing to marry? So it's like if a person can be a voice that outspeaks your voice and your own ministry, many people will feel as though, There's no ministry if I don't have a voice. You can have a voice without speaking by setting boundaries. This is what I don't do because I'm not thinking for myself anymore. I'm thinking for this ministry. I'm thinking for what I'm preparing for because I'm not preparing to become single. I'm not preparing to be with me. I'm preparing to come alongside with you. I'm preparing to be one with you. One mind, one heart, one faith with one God. We have to stay on the same page. So that shows that God's going to marry you because that's his plan. But what you do with that time spent, that's on you and that man or that man and you. It's going to show what you did with the time. Just like when we are in school, when it's time for the midterms, it's going to show who studied or not. The teacher not going to make you study. It's going to show whether you passed the quiz or not. And God will show me where I was, where this man was. 
Now, it doesn't matter what goes on in between because God, his focus is you seeing it through. But by you learning from what happened in between, it don't have to happen that way anymore as you continue to proceed. Because some people are not thinking the way how you are. That's why we have to learn how each other thinks. As a person I'm about to marry, how do you think? What is your personality like? What do you like and you don't like? Because one thing I learned about this man, this was way back before I even wanted to be with him. I was talking to other gentlemen about us ministering. We're going to sound good tonight, watch. And this man politely moved me over, like, stay over here. You don't need to be in no man's face. I don't care about no choir or not. Am I over there? Then why are you over there? And I didn't even, you know, say anything. I just respected that encounter to the point I sat down. I'm like, I'm not even, you know, feeling being with you. And I sat down like, yes, sir. I never said nothing to this man about that. And he never approached me about that. It was just like, that was it. And that was that. I couldn't wait to get home and ask God, what was that about? Why did he do that? But I liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not what he did. I just like how, he, you know, his grip. <laughs> how you, you know, your touch. <laughs> I notice when you're open to be touched by God, every touch, it means something. That touch was stay over here. Don't play with me, woman. <laughs> yeah. So I felt a little betrayed. Like, don't ditch out what you don't do. Stay in your lane, man. I'm not well with my soon-to-be man of God in a company of people who don't honor me. And you okay with that? To come alongside and do what they ask of you. Now, I'm not saying don't agree with ministry, but that's anybody. Don't be that man or I be that woman that people have to do what they wouldn't do. Don't make a fool out of me because I honor you. Don't put me in a predicament to make a decision to dishonor this person I'm about to marry by doing something because you're trying to be spiteful and then act as if it's a togetherness. Don't think you have say-so in my ministry. And that goes for anybody that I'm not marrying. If it's not from God, I'm not receiving it. If it's not godly, those seeds at the wayside. Can't let anything come to ruin your marriage. Anyone come in and try to ruin your marriage before it even gets started. If people know they have access to do what they want to do, do to what they feel, they're going to do that if they feel up to doing that. And many of us do that right now. Some of us as mothers to our sons or daughters. All I have to do is show up at my son's house or daughter's house and I'm always over there because I'm the mother. Who going to tell me I can't come to my child's house? And then a husband and wife tell the spouse, well, this is my mother. You have to respect her, but this is our house. <laughs> now, we're not saying she can't come, but she has to learn 
to stay in her lane. She can't overstep boundaries. See, sometimes we do things that we don't want done to us. And when we do unto others, guess what? It will come back to us. Hallelujah. And I thank God for the change that's coming forth. That we all as family can do things together. What it seems to be now, it won't always be. See, sometimes we speak up for our ministry without even having to speak. By setting boundaries. Holy Spirit, teach me as to what to do, what not to do. Because I'm not preparing this for me. Teach me how to, you know, not be thoughtless. Teach me how to think as a man I'm preparing to be. Which already on the inside of me to become. Me as a woman too. Teach me how to think, you know, not just for me. But to think for the ministry. Know what to do and what not to do. Know what to say and what not to say. Know where to go and not to go. And us as women, we cannot be like, oh, our man cannot go anywhere. He can go wherever he want. So can you. But being married, you wouldn't have to think about going somewhere that he wouldn't even approve because that's not what you do. You are together majority of the time anyway. But if you don't accept him, you don't accept us. That's how I feel. So we have to remain on the same page because that's how you should feel. Now, we can still honor and we're going to always honor everybody. I can never tell this man, stop talking to people. Don't call them anymore. That is so childish. No, it's just be mindful what you do. Because the enemy can, you know, really play around with that to try to destroy you you and I. If you could go along and listen to somebody else that can dishonor me, then what does that say about my voice in this ministry? So that's what the that's what the wisdom is. Knowing what to do and what not to do. All of us. It's not a good idea to have a man I marry, he's my husband, and I have his boys in our place waiting for him to come home. No, you're not coming till he come. Why am I in here with you? Oh no. It's not wise to be out there with his company. But I can serve and go in the room. Unless it's a couple's thing. You understand? Certain things you just don't even wear around the house when company is there. If it's your place or not. It's out of respect. Out of respect, Holy Spirit would teach us what to do and what not to do. And sometimes, Holy Spirit will have you to see that they have a different point of view. So we have to do some discussing. I have to see how you see your way of seeing, because you're not seeing my way. And you're not seeing my way, but we're going to value each other. Let us talk and communicate this thing out. Have to remain on the same page. Because I literally never thought I would say, that's it. I'm done with this. He almost lost me. For good. 
until God had me to know if I walk away from him, I walk away from him. And I'm not here to say I'm forced. Nothing is forced. I want to stay. I want to remain. I want to fulfill. I want to be with you. I want to learn you. I want to compromise with you. I want to grow with you. I want to understand you. Because I know you would never try to hurt me. I believe you. I believe in you. Just don't allow no one to change your way of thinking regarding you valuing me. By doing what you know I wouldn't want you to do. And we learn. We make mistakes and we learn. We can't say, oh, you should have been on that. Would you a fool? Would you don't understand? No. You know what's so amazing? When you get over hurt and pain. That you couldn't help coming. That you didn't even see coming. The person that I called and said, stay away from me. God showed me a dream that night. We were going, I was going down the escalator. That person was going up and was looking like they weren't paying me no attention. But once they got past and saw I wasn't looking, they were looking at me. And that was God's way of saying that they pretending that they upset, but they really feel bad for what they've done. Now you called them out on it. Because the, the attentions was malicious, but when you called them out, see, when you tell the truth, you shame the devil. So the thing is, when we hide things, that's not shaming him. That's shaming you because you're not using your voice to put him to shame. And I put him to shame every time. That's why people don't do certain things and say certain things because they know what my reaction going to be because I do not play with the foolishness. We're seasoned. If you're born this time, you're seasoned because we're in a a season of grace. We're in a covenant of grace. We're in a newness of grace. Outpoint of grace. It's not behavior based. So how much more am I being grateful to be Christ-like? So, That person began to reach out. And when I had that dream, I broke down. I said, I miss this person, but I'm not going to sit there and have this person think it's okay. Because I, I felt like I was set up. I'm studying for my midterm. Why call me with something like that? And sometimes when people done that to me, I always play it off like it don't bother me. But I would cry and be like, oh, hey, what's up? We you some pizza? Nah, forget that. Why did you say that? So now you don't like to say that anymore, right? Gotcha. Even when it come to me, you won't do that no more, Q, would you? No. No. I learned my life. So all that to say is that you have to really, really, really listen to God. If God didn't tell you what he told me, which he have no problem with, it's because he already answered you. You have to 
really seek God and not deny what you and I are supposed to do. Because I notice there is such a grace over my life when I said to yes God's will yes to God's will, excuse me. And I notice that Satan can also dress up things as if things going better, like it is God's will, when we're out of the will. Because before I got married, I'm telling you, I had money. This man had a business deal. We both, we have two vehicles and renting vehicles. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I have a Lincoln. He has a Crown Vic or whatever. No, Grand Marquis. Then we get in Christ. We uh, just out there getting other vehicles, written Chrysler's, all kinds of things. What vehicle would make, what model we want to do this day? Let's go to Hertz, you know, and Pentagon. No, excuse me, Reagan National Airport. Let's go down there and get a rental. Let's go to the Gaylord by the harbor and get a rental. I'm telling you. With my insurance, I'm telling you, with my insurance, those rentals were free. And I'm telling you. Everything looked like it was God. Apartment to a house. Going wherever we want. Thinking that it's God. Because things are coming in our life. The money start increasing much more. We're doing so many things. Never really home. We're always out and about. And I realized that was Satan's plan. Satan's plan comes with money too. And I thought I was being successful, but that was Satan's having me to take my attention off of wanting what God really wants. And God will have you to see the truth because things will start to happen bad. It'd be like one thing and another thing. It happens so much that we can't even hide it anymore. It's like one thing after another. I'm telling you. It went from being feeling blessed to feeling cursed. And that was God's attention telling me without me even knowing this is not it. This is not me. That's not my money. This is not this is not what the life I have. This is not even prosperity. This is demonic wealth. And you know why I'm so glad, guys? It's because as soon as I ask, God answer immediately. So I know he can answer. Now, the thing is, it's up to you and I of what we're going to do with that answer.
Some people just really need extra help. And we feel like, okay, you grown. No one's going to do that. And guess what? Everybody's upbringing is different. Some people, mothers, I realized a lot of men have mothers who really pacify and spoil them. That most men want their mothers in the house without having their mothers there. They want their mother in you. You clean up after me. You cook after me. You do, you know, treat me like you're a kid, but you're my wife. Same goes for us men and ladies. One thing I notice, many women say they want a man that's in church but still live a street life? That don't make sense. That never made sense to me. When females say, I want a thug, I want a man in the streets, that never made sense to me. You want someone who's going to jail? You want someone to put your life in danger? Want someone to go smack on you? And many said, yes, I want to be smacked. <coughs> I couldn't believe it. You want to be smacked? I want to be smacked. I want to be choked. I heard it just about all. You understand? And I heard a lot of men say, I want a, a church woman in public and a freak in the bed. What in the world is that? What is that? It doesn't make any sense. Who God has for you, it is for you. Don't make requests like that made known. Because that freak in the bed may want somebody else added in that bed because you wanted a freak. See, to us, a freak is what we do not know the meaning to. Freak, it means, you know, sexual. But the word freak, it doesn't mean that. It means to be scary. It means to be outcast. It means to stand out in a way you don't want to. A freak is Frankenstein, basically. A freak is cousin it. You don't want that in the bed. Hallelujah. This is my time for now. My battery is getting hot. I've been on this device all day. Hallelujah. God, to God be the glory. I'm so serious, guys. To God be the glory. I'm so excited what God is doing in your life. Hallelujah. You have to work that marriage out if God never told you to leave. People say, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go there. The thing is, you have to get the help that you need. If this applied to you, Because guess what? You are married until you're divorced. 
And if God did not say, no, that's not for you, then that's not going to be your option. So what do you think is going to happen? How can you two get better apart? It's not going to work. How can I gain anything from my spouse to do anything God wants if I'm not with him? I realize marriage is not easy. And I mean that for real because if they ask me why isn't it easy, because you have to remain on the same page. <laughs> and that sounds easy, right? But everything, you guys may think different, act different. You may disagree. He may like horror movies. You may don't want horror in your house, period. Hold on, what? The exorcist, oh, nah. Halloween, oh no. The happening, whatever that stuff is, what? You understand? He may like music to the point glass is breaking. Whoa, this is loud up in this piece, yo. And you're used to quietness. Or somebody might move in, you know, the woman might move in noisy. Wow. I notice things really hit the fan when babies are born in the earth. When the conception takes place. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, you're pregnant. I'm so psyched. Oh, there goes the baby shine. When that baby comes, that baby might be a crybaby. <laughs> Especially if you hold that child all the time. And you like, I ain't gonna keep getting up the only one. You gotta get up too. I'm telling you, when that sleep is so good. And you hear that come, oh, God, <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. You better not say that to your kid. Don't you dare. And that happened to me and my son. I had a monitor by my bed. I didn't play that. I got up every little move. Because he came home, he was almost one because he's in the hospital for so long. But I had a monitor, decorated his room, painted his wall, everything. You know, I spent a lot of money on my son's bedroom. I spent over $7,000 just by toys, you know? And then the baby shower. Oh, wow. I didn't need anything. He had a five-in-one bed. You ever heard of a five-in-one bed? It goes from a crib, different stage crib, all the way to a couch. That crib turns to a couch. So the gifts was galore. That wasn't a problem. And me and, you know, his dad invested in a lot of those gifts family and friends, but I'm just saying, I was like, he was used to being in the hospital. The nurses were holding him a lot because they would have to minister his medication and his milk. So he wanted to be held a lot. I had to go to work. His father had to go to work. No, I wasn't working. His father was working. So I was the one who had to get up at night because he had to go to work. And I was like, <laughs> he said, what's wrong? I'm tired. I'm tired of getting up every two hours. I was, I sat up and I cried like a baby. He would get up to want to eat or want to talk. I'm like, I'm falling asleep holding you, kid. Oh my gosh, I'm tired. 
And that happens to a lot of marriages. A lot of women get tired. You're never home with these, some people say bad kids. And I don't believe in that. <laughs> but these busy kids. Kids is running wild, tearing the house up. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. You don't even see your wife the same way no more. <laughs> you don't even see eye to eye when them children come. You have to stay on the same page. Oh, we have to, we have, to uh, have an agreement. This house going to be in order. Because these children not going to run this home. You understand me? See, the thing is, you may teach that way. They may not. You may be the stern one. They may be the one that want to hold all the time. So you have to have an agreement. You have to stay on the same page. You can always hold your child. But just make sure you don't hold no, you ain't turn no crybaby into no crybaby. Have no crybaby because you had him a crybaby. Made this child and turned this child into a crybaby. And don't even be here enough to hold this child. Oh, we not doing that. Have to stay on the same page. I'm not going to be the one changing the diapers all the time. Some feel like that. People feel how they feel. I'm always by myself with this kid. Hallelujah. Glory be unto God. This is my time for now. Now what God really wants to say is ask him again. To all you men, all you women out here around the world, if this is you and you're married and you're separated or you're in the middle of a divorce or you're angry, you're second questioning, you're yes, ask God, is this what he wants? Because it's his will. See, your I do is not to them because you love them. Your I do is first to God, yes, because it's his plan because he loves you. So we can't think in that I'm doing this for you. No, God did this for you because this glorifies him. So it's not about you. So we can't make it about us. So ask God again, Father, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to stay? If God say no, you know what to do. If God doesn't say anything, he already answered. Greater is he who's in us than he's in the world. I love you. Holy Spirit say you literally talked the entire day today. My whole day was spent recording. Not just on here, other places. New projects coming out. You will know. All day I've been talking and God had my schedule clear just to do so. Hallelujah. I love you. Nana doesn't want to cut off. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> to God be the glory. Thank you guys for everything.